Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. This is the fourth and final session with Christy Elisha, and it's she's jumped right in in the middle of her testimony. If you didn't hear part three, you need to go back and review that. And it's talking about the place where she has had a couple of abortions and the trauma that goes along with that. And so this morning, as we begin to listen to it, she's going to be telling her story from that point forward. Thank you for listening. So, yeah, so I I remember them at the hospital drawing my blood and telling me I was pregnant. And then they, they came in with a ultrasound machine and I saw my my daughter on the screen and she was her little heart was beaten and she was like jumping around like a little bean and um I just instantly seeing her fell in love with her and realized that um I could have a whole new life from that moment on and and actually you know I was I was a high school dropout you know I was a full-blown drug addict by 18 and I saw this window of opportunity um, with being off drugs and uh, finding out that I was pregnant like like wow I, I could I could go get my GED I could go to college and and I could I could actually give this child a life and I was living in my car at the time and working at a waffle house and um, her dad uh, I actually went to tell him that I was pregnant and he had actually just got another girl pregnant and decided that he wanted to be with her and he suggested I go have an abortion and um, I'm like, fine, I'll just raise this baby by myself. So um, that's exactly what I did. I went and I uh, got my GED. I got some college credits, but then I actually ended up going to hair school and really loving it because um, yeah, I had always struggled with very low self-esteem. And when I discovered that I could make people feel beautiful, um, it, it really, um, I don't know, it just really blessed me. So, and it made me feel like my work was so much more than just for vanity, but was, was actually doing something for people's hearts too. Um, now in the middle of all of, all of that, um, I still was not very close to God. I still had a very skewed perception of him and, um, I got some clean time under my belt, but I would always end up relapsing. And every time I relapsed, it would end up worse. And, um, and meanwhile you have a a daughter you're trying to raise. Yeah. And then I had my son too. And, um, at our lowest point, uh, we were actually living in a tent. We had lost everything. We were living in a tent. You and your two children. Yes. And what was crazy is that um, 
I had been praying and and asking God to help me. I remember I walked into this church and um, I was so far away from God at that point in my heart that I had forgot how to hear him speak. And I remember being there and just praying and saying, Lord, if you would just give the pastor my name, if you would just tell somebody to come over here and pray for me and tell me what you think of me right now, it could change my whole life. And nobody came over to pray for me. The pastor, it was not one of those, it wasn't a charismatic church. Um, But what did happen was right before I walked out the door, a lady grabbed me at the the greeting counter and she said, you're a first time guest, so you get a gift. And I walked over and it was like pitiful. There was like nothing there on this table. But the one thing that I saw was a little uh, mirrored plaque and it said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord there for hope and for a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. And I would go back to our tent with that little plaque and I would cry out to God and I would say, God, this is your promise. You promise you have plans for my life and there for hope and for a future. And this does not look like much of a future and I'm going to die if you don't come in and save me. And, um, miraculously, and I say miraculously because it truly was, um, the ring of people that we were making drugs with, they got raided and they all went to jail and I was forced to get clean on my birthday, um, which is October 6th. And it actually happens to be one of the Jewish high holy days, Yom Kippur, which is the day of repentance. And I didn't know that at the time, but, um, I ended up going to a 12 step program, um, And the 12 steps actually taught me how to surrender my will and my life to the care of God. Jesus had always been my my God. I had just been running from him without much success. Right. And um, he met me there and um, he every step of the way and... I started learning how to pray. I started learning how, um, you know, these, the, the things that I did that were destructive was, was sin. And I started learning how I could surrender those things and I could choose his will that was better. Um, but I still was not sold out on, you know, staying clean. Um, just because, I didn't know how I was going to live my life without that coping mechanism because I was still in a lot of torment. And my little brother, Ben, he actually went through a lot of the same trauma I did, and he was addicted to drugs too. And he was trying to get clean around that same time. So when you say trauma, because I know we have probably new listeners this week from last week when you shared. Yeah, he was, the trauma, we were both sexually abused. Um, And his was by a different person. But um, it does something else to little boys that are sexually abused by men. And um, he... It, it developed into all sorts of self-destructive behavior in him too. So he would get bouts of clean time and he would fall back, but he was my little buddy. And um, so I was determined to, to stay clean and show him that he could live clean. Um, but he actually, uh, it was like the perfect demonic setup. Um, he ended up committing suicide 
And um, when I saw his body um, at the hospital uh, in the town that I live in, I remember being like, God, or Ben, when you do this stuff to yourself, like whose rear do I kick? Because I was the big sister. I was always protecting him. And um, it the first time since I was little, I had an open vision. And I saw over my brother's body, um, it was Ben, and he was in a dark room and couldn't even see his hands in front of his face. And these demons were surrounding him in this corner and they had these long slithering tongues and they changed their voice to sound like him. And they were telling him all these disgusting lies about how his life was never going to get any better, how he should just go ahead and die, that, um, you know, he believed in Jesus, so he was going to go to heaven. And even if he didn't go to heaven, hell would be better than what he was living in, how he was worthless. I mean, just terrible, terrible things. And um, in a moment of weakness, he, uh, and actually even being possessed, being led by demons, he took his own life. And um, I heard I heard the Holy Spirit say, Ben didn't do this to himself. And then the view changed and I was the one in the dark corner, couldn't see my hands in front of my face and demons were surrounding me, the same generational demons assigned to our family whispering the same terrible things to me. And at that point in my life, I was, I had a uh, mental health record like that was a mile long, you know, all these diagnoses. I was constantly being tormented in my mind. I never had a moment of silence in my head. And um, I, I got in the car on my way back, uh, to where I was living at the time. And I just remember crying and saying, okay, Jesus, like I give up. I don't know how to live. And every time I try to do it my way, it never works. And at this point in my life, I see that you are not the one that did these things to me or allowed these things to happen to me. But it was the enemy. Right. It was when I came into the understanding of the cosmic battle. Right. And um, and I said, so Lord, I will give you my whole life and I won't withhold anything from you if you give me the gates of my enemy. And I had no idea what I was saying when I said that. I believe that it was a prophetic utterance. Um, and instantly, all of the darkness broke off of me. All of the voices left and the the spirit of god filled my you know little beater that i had to bungee cord the door shut in um and it was full of light and i instantly just fell madly supernaturally in love with jesus and that was on uh it was the february 6th and i started reading the bible on valentine's day for the first time since i was little and it came alive to me and I could see it in like technicolor and 3D and around every corner, the Holy Spirit was like speaking to me. And, um, my whole life changed from that point on. I just became a, an avid Jesus junkie. (laughs) And look where you are today. So, so blessed God using you as, as we shared last week about your encounter and the video that's on Facebook that has now had over 10 million views and gone viral and just millions of souls being touched 
And who would have thought, you know, that years ago when you were in the midst of addiction and feeling hopeless that truly your destiny would play out once you surrendered and allowed Jesus to step in and help you deal with the pain. We really want to take a moment and speak to the listener right now if you're listening and maybe you've suffered trauma and you've suffered sexual abuse and we just want to let you know right now that is not from God right that is definitely demonically driven that all of us not just you every one of us has an enemy and the Bible tells us that that enemy the enemy of our soul is Satan Lucifer He's the accuser of the brethren. He hates us because we were made in the image of God, and he cannot defeat God. He cannot have God's throne. And the only way to hurt God at all for him is to hurt God's children, and that's you and me. So if you have suffered abuse at someone's hand, that was not from God. That was from your enemy. And Krista talked about a cosmic battle, and we are in a cosmic battle. But we have good news for you, friend. There is hope and there's healing if you've suffered abuse. And I know maybe Krista has a word right now that she wants to speak into your lives or in somebody's life that's listening. Yeah. So one of the things that the Lord um, has done in my process of healing is uh, when I asked him in my salvation prayer, I'll give you my whole life and I'll hold nothing back if you give me the gates of my enemies. What that means is to actually take the very place where the enemy has had access and where he has influence, and it means to overcome him and to storm his gates in his city and to take the plunder. And so I actually have this thing with the Lord where every place in my life where the enemy has touched me, the Lord gave me this promise that it was as if the enemy was poking my father God in the eye because I'm the apple of his eye. And if you're in Christ, you are too. And God takes that personally. He is a mighty man of war and he comes riding on the clouds to vindicate his children. And, um, the Lord took me back to the places where, um, I was abused. And I said, God, show me where you were at when this was happening to me. And God took me back to to that place, the the place where the abuse first originated um, and the enemy tried to mark me. And I literally saw the fabric of the universe being tore in pain and sorrow. And I saw um, literally like the atoms in the air screaming because God is omnipresent. And he was in agony over what he knew that I was going to go through because of that. And in the spirit, he began to release a decree about all the ways that I was going to destroy hell all the days of my life and how he was going to use me as an instrument of his love um, to destroy the gates of hell and to call thousands of lovers of God back to him. And um, he even... uh, began to tell me that he was going to redeem even the names of people that abused me and the geographical places where trauma took place. And so um, I was actually, I was raped and got pregnant with my son, Gabriel. Um, 
in this town called Riley, which actually means victory by a creek. And when the Lord called me into ministry, I had a walk up encounter with Jesus, like in the body on that creek. And he said, um, he said, you are my wild child who I've called to walk in my love demonstrated. That's what wild means. That's my equipping ministry. And he said, for the one child that was stolen from you, um, I call you mother of revival and you will give birth to thousands of lovers of God. And, um, it was incredible. The man who, the, the man who, who raped me, Gabriel's father, his name was, uh, Ricky. And I never saw justice for that at all. Um, but his real name was Richard. And, uh, fast forward all these years later, it's, I had actually blocked out my son's birthday, um, because it was just too painful around that time of year. And one day the Lord had me cancel all my clients and he started speaking to me about birthing revival through me and how um, Gabriel means God is my strength and how everything that I would do in my ministry would not be, be because of my striving or because of my work, but it would be supernaturally done through rest and ease because God would do it in his strength. And um, he told me that he was going to redeem uh even the name Ricky in my life. And I'm like, okay, so that was an amazing day. He had me uh, leave and go visit a, a gentleman friend of mine that I used to go to church with. I ha He's an older man. I hadn't seen him in a while. And I really didn't know much about his personal life, but the Lord prompted me to just go visit with him. So I did, and I ended up, uh, we had a really wonderful visit and, um, I told him about some things that the Lord was doing in my life. I, I prophesy over all my clients. I pray for healing over everybody that walks in. You know, uh, I, I really try to host the presence of, of God because that's why we were made. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and it's so much fun. Why would you want to live outside of that? <laughs> that's right. Um, but he, uh, I got a word of knowledge for healing for this man. And I asked if I could pray for him. The Lord really ministered to him and touched him through that. And he starts crying and he says, Krista, I feel like I'm supposed to give you uh, $50,000 to start your ministry. And um, I was looking for, you know, to start like a location and um, to start my 501c. And uh, we had actually got a huge bill, like privately, my husband and I, uh, for taxes. And uh, it was kind of a sacrifice for me to cancel all my clients right. that day. Um, and I was just floored. He said, I feel like I'm supposed to give you this. Um, I just, you know, the Lord just blessed me with all this money from the stock market. And I was just right before you showed up, I was sitting here praying, asking God what it was that I'm supposed to do with it because I'm old and I can't get out. And I need fiery little evangelists like you that are willing to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, um, so he actually was the one, and get this, his name was Richard. Wow, praise God. So even the name, I can't even think about the name Rick or Richard without thinking about my, you know, one Benefactor, of my father. Yeah. yeah, he's a father in the faith to me, really. He's, he's so encouraging. God is so good. And he told me, actually, he actually was there when I 
came into our church for the very first time. And he said that the Lord told him that I was his door prize, that he had been praying for somebody like me for 30 years and um, could not find anybody. And he knew instantly. And I found out later that behind the scenes, that man had paid for part of my Bible college, had supported me in all these other areas. And I never even really, I never even knew him. He was just a private encourager until the Lord um, revealed it to me to redeem a broken part of my history. Wow. And, um, and that has even, even my ministry building, the revival rooms, the revival hub that I have is literally catacorner to the hospital where I had that open encounter over my brother's dead body. Um, he gave me the gates of the city that I live in. Um, we are in an uptown area in the center of a college town where there are 32 bars in a one mile radius. And he is given there are no other ministries in town like this, but because of this one location, we have the gates of the city where we're able to have services and outreaches out on the, in the park green and all the churches in Oxford are able to come to this one spot for times of refreshing and to use it as an outpost for, for a ministry. Um, so God, if he has, given me the gates of my enemy. One thing that he promised me was that um, when I share my testimony, that this can go out to whoever will receive it. And that if you take the very places in your life where the enemy caused you the most harm and you give those places to Jesus, you forgive the people that were involved so that your soul is untethered from the trauma. Yes, And because Jesus forgave us so much, right? So we forgive those. And then we give those places of our brokenness back to him. And he promises to make everything that was meant for evil work for our good. And, um, and he will do the same thing for you that he's done for me. And you'll probably have even more incredible stories than I do. Amen. That is so powerful. So briefly, because I know that we have to close out this podcast, but he also redeemed another place for you. Did he not? Yes. Um, with my, uh, he redeemed Chicago for me. Um, I went there, Um, actually the left behind video opened up a window for me to minister in Chicago where I had my abortion, uh, with my ex-boyfriend, the witch doctor. And, um, in this divine moment there, I was speaking at a conference and I began to, uh, I began to share about, um, the atrocities of, of abortion and, um, he promised me that he would give me Chicago, that he would redeem Chicago for me. And it's a very long story about all the incredible things that happened there. But, um, the Lord actually allowed me to, to see my, my children in heaven. And, um, there's actually the, I saw them one other time in heaven when, uh, he asked me if I would come back and be a voice for them. So I have a a ministry that I'm looking to start 
to tell the real story behind abortion, to uh, awaken a generation and to call a, a remnant of women to come to the front and forsake their shame and love Amen. their lives, not even unto death, um, to stand in the gap and to share, to no longer be silent about this issue, but to share the horrors that they went through when they had an abortion um, and how that has affected their life and, and how Jesus has has healed them and brought them through it. Um, but that's building. But in Chicago, um, I there was a moment where literally like heaven opened up in this conference. It was the most incredible thing. And my little girl, Abigail, who uh, I know she was the one that I say was born there um, sleeping, she walked into the room and um, I said, what is happening? Because, you know, they're part of the great cloud of witnesses. Yes. Um, so they're not dead. They're alive because God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. And um, she was so beautiful with her long, dark hair. And um, she said, uh, she said, Mommy, uh, you make Daddy proud. And he was, she was talking about Daddy God. Right. And she said, and I'm proud of you, too. And I just got to hug her and hold her. Um, and Gabriel, I got to see Gabriel there too. And my other little girl, Annabelle. And um, so in the place where um, I I had that abortion and, and made one of the worst decisions of my life, God redeemed that. And I was allowed to minister and to impart life to other people there in Chicago, but God also peeled back the veil of heaven and he allowed me to have my arms full of the children that I didn't get to hold here on this earth. And I feel like too, whenever I minister to women who have went through an abortion or through uh, child loss, you know, one of the hardest things is that, you know, we don't get to know them. We don't, we don't get to know them, but there's still this love there. And, um, the Lord has, um, been so gracious to there. There's something about the power of testimony that releases the faith for God to do it again in other people's lives. And now we don't pray and ask God to talk to dead people. That's necromancy. And that's wrong. And that is very wrong. That is a sin. But, um, there is a great cloud of witnesses that um, encamp around us. And because they are not dead, they are part of us in the body of Christ on the other side of the veil. Um, we are one. And uh, God can be so gracious when our hearts and our motives are pure because we don't pray to them. This no. is not, yeah. So we got to make sure that like the grounds are laid here. We don't pray and talk to people that are passed on. We don't play the Ouija board and connect yes. to them that way. We don't go to, to a seance mediums and have a seance because all of that is part of witchcraft and rituals and things that the Bible tells us very clearly is wrong. It's a sin. However, however, Jesus is the door to the father. He is the gateway between, you know, and the only legal way, the truth and the life into the spiritual realm, into the realm of heaven. And so when we are 
in worship and we're talking to Jesus and we're engaging with Jesus and we ask him questions about uh, the children that we never got to know, he is so gracious and he is so kind that because he cares about our hearts, he will give us information. And um, he understands the grief of a mother because he watched his mother grieve for him as he hung naked on a cross. And um, I, I believe that there is uh, there's healing and being able to ask the Lord, who were they? What what are their names? Yes, you know, because they have names. Um, they're not just a bunch of nameless children. Running they're not around just in heaven. Uh, it's not. No matter what you've been told, if you've had an abortion, it's not just um, a mass. It's not just a bunch of tissue or cells. But that was a living baby and is now a living being yes. in heaven, a person yes. with a name. And so yeah, asking the Lord about them is okay. Yes. And it gives you so much healing to know those things because it gives us something to look forward to. And so many women um, are so bound up in shame, even after they receive Jesus, that um they pretend like that never happened, but it's actually, you know, for me on, on this side of eternity, I know that because the person who made those decisions is, is no longer alive because when I, the moment that I completely surrendered my life to Jesus, I was co-crucified with him. I was co-buried with him. And then when Jesus rose on the third day, I was raised to new life with him. I am a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all has become new. And that means that I'm not a slave to sin or to that old life anymore, but I'm a slave to righteousness. Amen. And um, it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm a new creation. So the person who made those choices is no longer alive. And that means that because I'm forgiven, the, the my sin is as far away from me as the East is from the West. So there's no shame anymore attached to that because I can look at it through the blood of Jesus now. Um, and I can choose to share my testimony with other women so that they can have um, they can have faith for their own healing, so that they can know that they don't have to be ashamed about their children that are in heaven anymore, but they can actually look forward to the day that they are going to get to hold their children, um, that they're going to know them and and they're going to get to spend eternity with them, um, enjoying them and and everything about them. Um, the greatest atrocity about abortion is that God created human beings for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to be loved. We are created by love, because of love, for love, to be loved by God, um, to love him in return, and then to live in an overflow of that love to the world around us. And even babies, like, you know, we talk about, oh, 
baby, it's so exciting. But how are babies born? They're supposed to be created through an act of intimate, loving union between a husband and a wife. And so babies are actually the product, not of lust, but of love. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. Um, But the enemy has twisted it in our culture. And so we, so many people are walking around the world. They don't even know why they exist, but they exist to simply be the object of God's affection and vice versa. Yes. And, um, abortion is such an atrocity because it is a direct attack on love and um, on innocent life that was created for love um, in the innermost parts of a woman's being. Um, And I, one time the Lord, I was asking him to teach me about, um, teach me the secrets of love. Uh, And um, I had a vision and I was actually inside of a woman's uh, womb and I saw the moment of conception and what happened, Lisa, it was the most incredible thing. There was a, at the moment that the the seed fertilized the egg, there was a bright flash of light, like, like a boom, like a big bang. And I heard the father laugh. I heard God laugh. Ha! And it like echoed. And, um, then I saw the heart of the woman, our hearts, our souls are, are the, we are ancient doors and gates and we were made to interact with heaven. Heaven comes through us, comes out of us and Jesus lives in us. And, um, so heaven is inside of us. And, um, I heard heaven being released from the mother's heart and it was, the song of the Trinity, and it was actually weaving the baby into existence. Wow. And with every noise that was being made, with every beat of the mother's heart, all of the the ancestral like song that through all of the lines of DNA um, were coming into this little tiny, you know, creation. And, uh, destiny song was being sung into the fabric of the being and it had to do with it was it was the song is like a prophetic word over that person's life and it was uh the most incredible thing and then um you know the lord took me to the scripture and is it zephaniah where the lord will rejoice over you with with singing. singing and um then how uh oh I learned about how our hearts have memory and it's actually called cardionosis. It's a scientific fact. But more than that, I saw that they actually caught the moment, scientists caught the moment of conception in a womb and they've discovered that there is a bright flash Flash of of light. light. That's incredible. And um, I was blown away. Because God is so precise and there's no accident. Right. And maybe you're listening today and you feel like you've maybe you've even been that's been spoken over your life that you were a mistake or you were an accident. And there are no accidents. No, there's not. Because even um, even if your mother and your father did not plan you, the reality is is that your life you would not exist if God hadn't purposely planned for you. You think about, you know, how many 
millions of sperm are released, you know, at the moment of conception. Yet it was the specific one that created you that got the door prize. Right. On purpose. On purpose. By design. Yes. You are not an accident. And um, God can take any situation. It doesn't matter if, you know, even King David, he said, I was born in iniquity and in sin, my mother, you know, gave birth to me. But Lord, when my mother and father forsake me, you pick me up. And that is actually a picture of Father God, where you originated in the mind and the heart and the imagination of Father God, even if you didn't exist in the imagination of your natural parents, because he um, predestined you before the foundation of the earth right. to belong to him and to be his object of affection out of love. Um, and then he sent Jesus to die for you because he couldn't imagine eternity without you. Right. So um, you are not an accident. No. And we just want to break that word curse off of you right now. Yes. We want you to believe if you're listening and you're under the sound of our voice today, that there is a purpose and a plan for your life very specifically. And God loves you very much. And just as much as Krista got that scripture on that plaque, I know the plans I have for you, the plans to bless you and to give you a hope and give you a future. And I've just want to say that to you today, my friend, that that is what God is saying over your life. And if you're listening today and you are still being tormented by grief, maybe even depression, oppression, just the different things that can come as a result of having an abortion. Because when, as women walk into those clinics, they're not told Mm-mm. what the potential damage is going to be to their bodies right. or their minds or their spirits. And I know that Krista has something she wants to say to you if you have suffered through an abortion and you're still traumatized by that. Yeah, so first and foremost, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Um, one of the most profound things I ever experienced um, in an encounter where uh, I was taken into heaven and I came face to face with my children for the first time was that there was no shame, there was no guilt, there was no condemnation attached to the act. It was as if I truly had not done it and I was overwhelmed by the reality of um, his forgiveness and his mercy and that is for you listening, that if you are in Christ, even the most atrocious things that you have done in your past, if you have repented, he remembers those sins no more. And so you are free to forgive yourself. And the the other thing um, that I, I want to encourage you to do is to begin to process your grief with the Lord and with another believer, with a safe sister in Christ that can process that with you. Um, you know, we are to bear each other's burdens and and um, to be healed. 
And it's important that we share our stories because the things that lie in secret, they fester. But when they're brought to the light, then they can be healed. And um, the Lord also wants you to know that your testimony is powerful and that um, when you give those places to the Lord and you receive his total forgiveness, his total healing, his total acceptance of of you and your new creation reality, then you can be bold to share your story with other women so that nobody else has to make the same mistake. Um, you know, we are, are living in a society where the women before us, my mother's generation, because of shame and uh, embarrassment and guilt, they, they didn't tell my generation the truth about abortion. And we have had a whole nother generation of women be led like lambs to the slaughter. And I am, uh, I'm here to tell you that the, the days of the, the victims no longer having a voice is over. We are entering, we have entered the era of the roaring twenties and your testimony. Look, the enemy doesn't want you to tell your testimony because that is how we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It is powerful and it is effective in pulling down strongholds. And, um, when you tell your testimony, you are literally going to shake and destroy the gates of hell in other people's lives. Um, and it's, it's often in the, in the testimonies that are the ones that we are the most scared to tell because the enemy tries to attack those places because they, he knows that those are the places of the most power in our lives. They're they're going to be the ones that bring the most freedom to others. Exactly. Um, so I just want to encourage you that, Uh, you know, you are loved, you are created for love, you are separated from your sin, you are, you are separated from that action, those, those, those things that happened to you there um, in the past. And the only time you should look back on them is through the blood of Jesus um, to see how he is going to show up to redeem those places in your life so that you can share the power of your testimony to set other people free. Amen. And that's one thing we want to encourage you is that we never go into our past without Jesus. Right. Ever. Ever. We can't handle it. No, we can't. Now, because he redeems all things. Yes. He's in the restoration of all things business. So we want to see you restored. And if you're listening today and you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, or you haven't asked forgiveness for that act, we want to encourage you to do so. It's just so simple as calling out to him. My husband always says it's as as simple as ABC, admit that you're a sinner. Now, we can all do that. It's, you know, we've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. That's usually pretty easy for us to, to see. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he was crucified and raised from the dead. And then confess him as Lord. It's really that simple. And we say this, that it's the prayer is the beginning. And it's not just words. So many times here people say, I just, well, I prayed the prayer. You have to engage your heart. The heart's got to be engaged. The heart posture has to be right. But when it is 
and you say that prayer and you mean it, he's right there waiting, eager to run to you. Uh, I like this statement. You take one step and he takes two. He's so eager to forgive and waiting for you, my friend. So cry out to him. And if you haven't repented of an abortion, then we want to encourage you to do so today so that you can be free of carrying that guilt and that shame and that burden. And if you've enjoyed Krista's testimony, we could sit here and talk with her for hours. I can feel that. But if you want to connect with her, we want to give her the opportunity today to tell you how you can reach out to her and her powerful ministry and where you can find her. Yeah, so uh, you can find me on my social media uh page. It's Krista Elisha. Um, you spell that C-H-R-I-S-T-A, Elisha, like the prophet, uh, E-L-I-S-H-A. Uh, so that's on Facebook. Make sure that when you go to add me that you are looking at the, um, the fan page that has like I think it's like forty two thousand followers, um, because there are some some scammer pages out there that I'm trying to get Facebook to take down. You can also look up my ministry, uh, Oxford Revival Rooms. Uh, that is also on Facebook, or you can reach out to me via email at arisekingdomministries at gmail.com. So we encourage you just to reach out to Krista, to follow her on her YouTube platform, follow her on Facebook. She's very prophetic. She's often on there releasing words, and she is a wonderful person with a powerful testimony that God's going to use. And Krista, thank you so much for being with us these these last little uh, bits of uh, podcasts we've done, and we just are very honored to have you. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. God bless you guys. We are so grateful that you're listening. Tune in again next time. Lisa and I are excited to tell you that we're developing a new network. It's called CGM Network. That is Cornerstone Global Ministries Network and Cornerstone Global Media, actually. And so it's going to be on different devices such as Apple TV. It'll be on Android TV, Fire TV, Roku, and all your mobile devices. And check, you can check it out on our website. And it's being built out right now. And as soon as it's out, we'll get in contact with you and let you know that it is coming. Uh, we're also going to have audio channels so we can continue. You can uh, continue to listen to the podcast here or other audio productions. Also, we're looking for content providers who want to be on a network that's going worldwide. There's five regions of the world, and we're going to be in every one of them. So we're going to be spreading the gospel around the world. God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson, or you can follow our ministries at My Salt Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.